0: In an age where social distancing is encouraged, there is still one who is unafraid to touch us. There is one that is unafraid to be close to us. There is one who will never be socially distant from us and his name is Jesus. Today I want to talk to you about the touch of Jesus. And when we talk about Jesus touching people, it's hard to relate That to today because Jesus isn't bodily present with us today. Although Jesus rose from the grave, according to the Bible, his bodily presence is in heaven. So how can people experience the touch of Jesus today if he's not physically present? Well one way, actually the primary way, is through Jesus' church. The Bible calls the church the body of Christ. That means that although Jesus' physical body is in heaven, the church fills the void created by his bodily absence. So one way Jesus touches people is through his community. His people who seek to love and follow Jesus. So although his touch certainly isn't limited to the church, I believe that the Christian community is one of the primary ways people experience the touch of Jesus in their lives today. It's in our life together as a church community that we embody the touch of Jesus for other people. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 29 through 45, a reading from the New Living Translation, and here's what it says. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, They went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. A Man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. I'd like to first talk to you about the healing touch of Jesus. Now this story that we just read is one of about three dozen different healings that Jesus performs that is recorded in the New Testament. The setting is Jesus' visit to the home of Simon and Andrew. Now archaeologists have actually uncovered the ruins of a home in the ancient city of Capernaum. That through graffiti and through various techniques, they believe to be the home that is spoken of right here in the Bible. So Simon's mother-in-law is home. She's sick in bed with a fever. Now, technically, a fever isn't an illness, but it's a symptom. But for whatever reason, maybe she had the flu. She was so feverish that literally she could not get out of bed. It sounds like what a lot of people are experiencing today. And so Jesus heals her, but he heals her without even saying a word. He simply takes her hand, helps her up, and as he does, the fever breaks. Jesus doesn't say a word. His touch is all she needs. When his hands are on her, she immediately receives healing. This woman's immediate response to the touch of Jesus is to begin serving those who are gathered in her home. And when Jesus touches a person to heal them, the natural response of that person is to serve God's people, to use the opportunity of being restored to health as an opportunity to serve. Now this miracle isn't very spectacular. It occurs in the privacy of a home witnessed only by Simon, Andrew, James, John, and of course Simon's mother-in-law. Yet by that evening, the entire community gathers at the doorway to Simon's home for healing and prayer. I I could imagine the scene, if you could just picture it with me people having every possible kind of sickness, limping, walking, being carried or dragged to this miracle worker named Jesus, perhaps amputees who lost their limbs in battle, epileptics, people with birth defects and abnormalities, people feverish with deadly diseases. See, there's nothing that's quite so humiliating as being seriously sick. When you're really sick, you can't even control your bodily functions. People poke and they prod at you, trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Picture the scene as a multitude of sick and diseased people gather in front of the house for help. What an incredible sight that must have been. By touching others to heal them, Jesus shows us his authority. Jesus's healing miracles are another sign that the kingdom of God has invaded human history. So the miracles that we witness in the Bible and the miracles that we pray for and that we see today are a proof of God's intervention in human history in a special way. It is proof that the rule and reign of God has broken through our rule and reign on earth. Uh, Jesus didn't heal every sick person he came in contact with. And even those he healed eventually ran the course of natural life and eventually died. So Jesus' healings here are partial. They are a taste of what our future life will look like in God's eternal presence. See, physical healing points us toward our eventual resurrection and the enjoyment of eternity in God's presence. Jesus' touch still comes to people. And it often comes through his church. As we worship together, even though you're at home watching online, watching on your phones, as we pray for each other, and follow Jesus together, the healing touch of Jesus comes to people. We need to constantly remember that physical healing in this life is only a foretaste. It is just a taste of the real thing that is to come. While well, healing does come, we should rejoice and thank God. But when it doesn't come, we shouldn't beat ourselves up or try to figure out just the right formula to pray or the right way to pray. We simply keep walking. We keep following Jesus full and ho- final healing will come at the resurrection until then the healing touch of jesus is mysterious to us and although the word touch isn't in fact used in this next segment that we're going to talk about mark 1 35 39 i think this touch is speaking about jesus's need for the father's touch see after a busy day of healing jesus gets up before anyone else in the house He slips out while it's still dark to find a lonely, solitary place, a place where he can be alone with his thoughts, a place where he can seek his Father without distractions. Once he finds that place, he begins to pray, lifting up his heart to the Father, seeking direction and guidance from God. So here we find the Father's touch, not a touch from Jesus, but a touch to Jesus from the father by seeking the father in solitude jesus shows us his need for the father's touch in solitude and prayer jesus experienced a centering and a focusing of his life of all the good things he could do his time in solitude and prayer provided him with knowledge of the best thing to do the one thing that fulfilled his calling it's so easy to get distracted and lose focus on the real things that God would have us focus on in this season and all I can say to you is this that if Jesus needed this and he was the son of God how much more do we need the father's touch in our own lives We need this as individuals so that we can be centered and focused in our decision making. We need this touch to experience the peace of God and combat anxiety. We need the Father's touch in solitary prayer so that we can know who we are, what we were made to do, and what the next step is in accomplishing what God wants us to do. This knowledge only comes when we seek the Father's touch in times of quiet solitude. However you seek it, friends, you need the Father's touch just like Jesus did. We as Risen King Church need the Father's touch of all the good things that we could do. We need the Father's touch to show us the best things to do. If Jesus needed the Father's touch, so do we, both as individuals and as a church community. In addition to his healing touch and his need for the father's touch, we also see Jesus' cleansing touch in the story of the leper. We need to understand the scandal that was in fact associated with this particular event. The Greek word for leprosy actually refers to 72 different skin afflictions, not just what we know today as Hansen's disease. A person afflicted with one of these dreaded skin diseases was not only physically sick, but they were excluded from all social life in the community. They had to keep at least 50 feet away from people. They had to stay out of cities and villages. They weren't permitted to attend worship at the synagogue or in the temple in Jerusalem. They lived in constant quarantine from their families and friends, living in the fringes of society as social outcasts. It it was a horrible life, a life of exclusion, humiliation, a life of stigma and shame. If you even touched a leper, you became ceremonially unclean and you had to stay out of town until you went through a purification ritual. for this guy to even approach Jesus was a scandalous thing if you saw a leper approaching you your natural reaction would have likely been to run so you wouldn't catch whatever they had and so you didn't have to stay out of town as well if this man presents himself to Jesus and requests cleansing notice he asked for cleansing not just healing because this guy isn't just sick society views this man as defiled filthy tarnished So he not only needs cleaning, he he not only needs healing rather, he needs cleansing, restoration back into community. And he has no doubts as to whether or not Jesus can even make him clean. It's just a matter of whether Jesus wants to. Jesus responds with compassion. Instead of feeling repulsed, Jesus feels affection and concern for this man. Instead of recoiling back, he reaches out and touches him. Instead of running away from him, he runs towards him. Jesus breaks all the social rules by touching him. Yet as Jesus touches this man, instead of the contact defiling Jesus, it cleanses the leper. Jesus tells the man to keep his experience quiet and to go to the temple in Jerusalem to get a clean bill of health see, to re-enter society, a leper had to be assessed by a Jewish priest. And although a priest could declare someone to be clean, only Jesus could have made that person clean. And this man is, doesn't really listen to Jesus' request and instead spreads the news of his cleansing to anyone who will listen. In fact, the Greek word for spreading the news that we see in verse 45 is the same word that we know today as preaching. This guy preached to whoever would listen. So much so that Jesus couldn't even enter into a town freely anymore. Notice how the tables have turned in the story. Before this miracle, it was the leper who had to stay outside of the town in the lonely places. It was he who could not enter a town openly. But because of his cleansing, now Jesus is the exile, the outcast, the one who has to stay in lonely places. That should speak powerfully to us. You see, Jesus takes the burden of the leper upon himself when he heals him. The story speaks to us about the cleansing touch of Jesus. Jesus. By touching others to cleanse them, Jesus shows us his compassion. Jesus gave this man far more than physical healing. He showed him compassion, concern, and love. He gave this man the ability to re-enter society, to move back into his house, perhaps with a family that he had not seen in such a long time, to now begin to support himself by working to worship in the synagogue again, to enter into the temple once again. Literally, Jesus gives this man back his life with just his cleansing touch. See, Risen King Church is a part of the body of Jesus Christ on the earth. That means that Jesus' cleansing touch of compassion comes through us. Through our touch. Through our love. Through our caring. The cleansing touch of Jesus shows us his compassion. His compassion is still today working through us, his church. Friends, out of these touches, which touch do you need the most today? How is it? In which way do you need Jesus to touch you today? I want to invite you into a time of prayer. So that the Holy Spirit will touch your life.